everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, part of the Fans First Sports Network. Uh, this is our Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, joined by my partner, the great John Shop. John, it's good to talk to you. How you doing, bud? I am doing well. We're in the underway. Training camp is underway. The news is flying. This thing's starting to get out of first gear into second in a hurry. Sure is. Things are hot and heavy. Let's get right at it. Let's talk first about because you and I always go around the NFL. That's our podcast every week. We obviously do hit the Raiders and talk about the Raiders, but we spend a lot of time and attention around everything around the NFL that impacts the Raiders as well. First thing I want to talk about is avoiding. There's certain things you got to avoid early in training camp things that are just so brutal and so tough and can derail a season. I don't want to get into a ton of detail. We don't have a lot of detail, but just like Joe Burrow goes down yesterday in practice. I mean, there are so many things. So let's start right there. The the things you've got to avoid early in training camp. Yeah. And a lot of the folks watching this probably know, maybe haven't totally crystallized it before, but when you talk about the start of camp, you think about injuries, you think about contract issues, and you think about any off-field issues that might pop up. Injuries, unfortunately, we've seen from really the very first days of camp. And are we done with the injury bug in the very first week or two of camp? Probably not. When we think about that, we think about not just strength and conditioning, but how guys are warming up each day, how they're warming up, how they're stretching. You know, in the old days, there used to be none of that. And then it seemed like the trend was, let's make sure we're stretched out. And, And then more research is done and you find out, well, maybe you've got to warm your body up before you stretch it. Got to make sure your equipment's right. Got to make sure you don't have any bad shoes, if you will, because we've seen some bad equipment ruin careers in other sports. So that's probably the top pitfall to avoid is how do we make sure we get through the first 10 days without injury? And unfortunately, we've already seen that come up. Contracts are, of course, all over the place. They affect the Raiders. They affect uh, the Jets. They're affecting teams across the sport. There's still some contract work to be done. There's still a couple first rounders out there. There's still a number of free agents like Ezekiel Elliott. And then at this time, Dalvin Cook, who are standing on the side, we've seen Teddy Bridgewater um, get the tires kicked, if you will, in Detroit. So you've got the contract pitfalls to take out and make sure that they're avoiding. I don't know that we have any major holdouts right now, what we would classify as major, but we've got some holdouts that are important. And then you've got the off-field issues. Does anybody do anything stupid? Does anybody have, are they served with a a civil lawsuit? Is there anything hanging that can end up distracting a team or a player? There are a couple of those out there right now. There's one with at least a notable free agent. So we have to see if everybody keeps it clean and straight through this first part of camp. But traditionally, when you go back to when training camps expanded, those are kind of the, the early pitfalls right at the start of camp to avoid and all folks have to do is look at a headline sheet and they'll see that some of those are out there. Let's move now to something that I find fascinating. It's the running back situation. They have this Zoom call. Josh wasn't on it, but they have this Zoom call. And boom, Saquon Barkley goes and signs. It it, it was hilarious. I think it was a good sign 
um, for the situation, but your thoughts on that and how that all went down in the whole situation. Yeah, there's a couple of things to talk about here. First is the current state of the running back position in the NFL. Running the ball has been devalued now for a couple of decades. A lot of us think that the major turning point may have been uh, changes to the rules to encourage passing, encourage uh, free movement, if you will. If you remember the AFC title game between the Patriots and the Colts, where it looked like the Patriots were holding the Colts pretty much the whole time and no flags were being thrown, I felt like that was a turning point and the rules kind of went one way from there. So the first thing that comes to my mind is what can the sport do to maybe level the playing field, which could be better for defenses and also for running backs? Because all it's really done for a long time is go one way. As a result, you're seeing the value of the running back be really squeezed down. So now what can the running backs do? I don't know what they can do at all. Um, can they collude? No, that would be a violation for sure of their collective bargaining agreement. Can they sit out? They can try it. You know, we're going to run into something and formulate something between our minds of, of, of a Le'Veon Bill syndrome, if you will. And what I mean is a guy that gets to the very top of the sport, maybe that's okay and good enough and kind of lets it go. You can't take a year off in the NFL and be okay as a rule of giant thumb. I mean, one of those big giant foam fingers. It's nearly impossible to do. We're going to see if a couple wide receivers and other guys can, can do it from injury this year. I wouldn't bet on it. So the, the running backs, I don't know what they can do. Some guys, I guess, could walk. I don't think anybody can sit out a year, and I don't think they have a lot of bargaining power to collude. I think maybe making their voice known and maybe getting a little more specific, if they've got some ideas that I hear uh, the, the way that the game should change a bit, some rules should be changed to encourage or allow for more running, that might make sense. But we all know that running is very hard to do. What the Ravens have done, for example, in recent years, that's really difficult especially with a too small NFL game day roster. So it's not like we're going to see where we see in college football, pro style, spread offense, something else, what Tennessee is doing, it, it, that moves around much. Correct me if I'm wrong, we don't see that as much in the NFL. It's not like all of a sudden five or six teams are going to flip the script and end up running the ball and winning with running and featuring running backs. I think those days are done until there's some kind of changes made to the rules within the game or a broader acceptance from running backs that your career may be a lot shorter. You may need to figure out how to transition to catch the ball as a, as a wide out or your career is going to be shorter. Your earning power is going to be shorter. And that's just the market forces right now in the NFL for running backs. Now, one thing I don't think that, that running backs take into account I remember growing up when Don Coriel had the air Coriel offense and when it was such a big deal when somebody threw the football yeah. and the running back, that was your workhorse, the Earl Campbell, the Walter Payton, you know, those guys that just carried the ball and pounded it every play. That's not the NFL anymore. And now it's it's let's throw the ball. Now it's throw, 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 throw. When you do run, 
You've got reverses that involve the wide receiver a lot more than they ever did. You know, they can say, gee, you're not trying to pay us, but I think the position has been devalued. Your thoughts? That's it. It's been remarkably devalued. This is not Emmett Smith's NFL anymore. Um, Eric Coriel, of course, is the top influence on Joe Gibbs, who was my NFL coach in my home area in the DMV. He's going into the Hall of Fame, of course. When you think about those Redskins, you think about John Riggins. Good luck remembering another running back. It just wasn't really the feature. And Riggo was in there to do what he did. He was, believe it or not, a power back at his size, which looks comical today. That position has changed so much. The value of the running back is being squeezed down at a rapid rate. I don't think there's anything that the players currently can do other than say, hey, this is going on. Can somebody take a look at the rules to make sure they're not tilted too far ahead uh, or too far in favor of the pass? That's a huge ask. We haven't seen anything like that happen in a long time. But if it does happen, I would hope that the guys on the other side of the field playing defense might say, yeah, you know, maybe the rules have gone a little bit too far in the NFL to favor the pass. Because what we're doing is taking a huge chunk of the game and pretty much minimizing it, almost like you're taking a piece of paper, you're crumpling it up, getting ready to throw it in the trash. The paper's getting crumpled right now, so it's really small and condensed, and it's got too small a role for the overall balance of the sport in some of in some of our opinions. I don't know if that's your opinion or mine. I don't want to see passing 55, 60 times a, a game. I'm not interested in that. I want to see the, the balance in the whole, whole scope of the game. I think you make a good point. Barry Switzer, when he was the coach at Oklahoma and they won all those games, I don't know if he ever threw a pass, and obviously I'm being facetious, but – Not many. You know, But now that the rules have changed, I mean, it used to be you could smother people. You could beat them up. Then all of a sudden you can't touch them after 10 yards. And then, again, just the way pass interference has changed and, you know, all of the things, the protecting of the quarterback. You know, there was a lot of teams that didn't want to throw because their quarterback was going to get decapitated. And so you're right. Not only – has the game changed, but the league's changed. Let's make it more exciting. You know, and you start going to some of those wide receivers. Hey, we're going to start devaluing what you guys make in order to pay the running backs. You're going to get a whole different opinion. I'm going to go another step farther. I remember when there were a lot of offenses that didn't have a wide receiver, you know, on every down. Or one. Yeah. Now I know offenses that almost every down, it's four wide receivers. So it's the proliferation of the passing game, I think, that's hurt running back more than anything else. Lastly, in the interest of full disclosure, I've not seen it. But you are in love with this Netflix series quarterback. Talk about it. Well, it's not necessarily what you would expect. Um, It's pretty long form. Um, It focuses on three quarterbacks, best in class, Pat Mahomes, the journeyman trying to revive his career one last time as a starter, Marcus Mariota, and Kirk Cousins, the guy who appears to have been working and putting the pieces together and trying to finish the puzzle um, for a big finish to his career. Maybe the, the clock's run out. Maybe it hasn't. Maybe time was wasted by Mike Zimmer. Maybe it wasn't. So you've got Three different guys in there with deep focus, with NFL films access, 
And it kind of brings you inside of the mind and the responsibility of the quarterback at that position. So it's going to give you a relatively slow paced, wide look at those guys. You know, in the old days when they were doing inside the NFL on HBO, this probably would have been one of those bigger, long segments that people really enjoyed. Uh, If you like that kind of stuff, this is for you. But it is pretty it is pretty long. It is pretty spread out. That's okay because you've got a pause button that'll hold your place. So a lot of folks, uh, folks in my family, they're, they're cutting it up in two and three pieces and, and kind of prodding along with it. But it's gone pretty well. I don't know what the future is. We've seen news this week of quarterbacks around the NFL turning it down, which is understandable. I think it's going to be hard for them to top Mahomes, Mariota, and Cousins. And it's a nice way to look back at last year and some of the inside uh, and some of really what goes on at the field level, whether it's Kevin O'Connell telling Kirk Cousins, hey, you got to slow down here and, and, and calm down, or Andy Reid handling Pat Mahomes and, and, and telling him when to back off and kind of when to hit the gas, or Mariota trying to figure out what's the situation I'm in here in Atlanta with a very familiar and quarterback-friendly coach that he knows from Tennessee, and how do I kind of navigate my way through uh, a a franchise that doesn't have all the pieces and parts that the Vikings or Chiefs have. So it's been a hit. It's a little longer plotter than some of the shows. If you're looking for a a quick hit segment, that's not it. But if you love this game, like so many folks out there do, and if you've got to play Pat Mahomes for many years to come in your division, it's probably worth taking a look at to get an idea of some of the inner workings that make that guy tick beyond a 30-second soundbite you see on highlight shows. I am excited to watch it because Max Crosby, the defenseman from the Raiders, he loved it. I guess he was prominent in one of the episodes. And uh, the first one. He, yeah, he was the just first talking episode. about how much he – Yeah, he got, under, he got under Mahomes' skin. He's right in there in the, the early part of the first episode. He's definitely on there. I haven't seen all of them, but he's definitely in there right away. When you say it's not short, how long is each episode? The cool thing is we're not dealing with the old TV constraints of exactly how much it has to be. So most of them are are between 40 minutes and an hour. But the, again, the great thing is they're really easy to pause it at, at segment breaks. You know, a lot of us miss inside the NFL when it was on HBO. That was as good as it got. I don't know where it is now, but it's not the same as it was. But there is a different quality to NFL films. It's film. You see it. And it's different than everything else you see on the TV. So this is pretty cool. It doesn't appear to be heavily edited. There is football language all over the place, um, which is going to go from one end of the spectrum to the other, um, from from Mariota to, uh, to Cousins with Mahomes in there. It's pretty neat, though. You'll see some Hawaii. You'll see some Michigan. You'll see Texas. You'll see the Mahomes going back to Texas Tech. It's going to give you a full picture of what these folks go through during a season, which is a lot more than just what we see in the highlights, the pregame shows, and, of course, what we're watching on the field. Listen, I appreciate you. That was a great episode today going around the league, talking about early pitfalls, getting into the running back situation, talking about the quarterback. Look forward to talking to you next week as we continue to go around the NFL, buddy. I can't wait. Appreciate you, my friend. Have a good one. I'm Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. This is the great Johnny Shop. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network.